tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. All right. Today, we're going to talk about adoption family preferences. And this is when an adoptive family is preparing for their domestic newborn adoption. There's a form that our agency has, and it can take... The format actually can be, you know, just either a discussion with an adoption agency or there may be a form that you fill out, depending on how the information is conveyed. It's still the information that we're going to be talking about. So with our agency, there's a form. It's called the preference form. And in that preference form, we ask, you know, what you feel will be the best fit for your family. This is becoming more and more important in this time frame, and I'm going to explain why. We've talked about adoption family preferences, you know, throughout the podcast. We've made reference to it. We've had episodes on it. But what is happening in the adoption community all across the United States is that we are seeing a trend of higher drug use. You know, we are seeing um, this is a big deal. Because when an adoptive family decides that adoption is the best choice for their family to to have their family grow, they have to look at what would be the best fit. You know, is race an issue for you? And if it is, then then what races do you feel would be the best fit for your family? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is, you know, an open adoption a good fit for you? If so, what does that open adoption look like? Is drug exposure during pregnancy an issue for you? Or is that something that you as a family can handle and adapt to if there are any issues after the baby's born? So there's all of these, these things that are really important. You know, some, some agencies allow 
gender preferences. We are not an agency that does. Um, when birth mothers come to us, they come to us at all stages of their pregnancy. And so 50% of them that we know the gender are girls and 50% are boys. But realistically, when they come to us, uh, I would say it's more 50% don't know what they're having at the time of match. So really it's 50, 25, 25. Okay. And when we used to, way back when the agency was very young, we would allow gender preferences. And what happened is we found that a lot of families coming in had a preference more for a girl than a boy. And so it bottlenecked the program because with 50% of the birth mothers not knowing the gender of the baby, 25% being boys and 25% being girls, then it was stalling out the matching process. Plus, I will tell you, having done this now for just about 17 years, there's no guarantee with ultrasounds. In most cases, yes, they are correct. Mm -hmm. Are there ever um, situations where you think that you're having a girl and you're told by the ultrasound tech and you get a surprise at delivery and it's a boy? Yeah, that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that the reason that it is important is because when we are talking with families and we are explaining the adoption process, one thing that everybody needs to keep in mind is what is happening around the world, what is happening in the United States, what is happening in your state, whatever that state is. And states across the United States, including Arizona, are seeing a lot of serious drug use. And it is an epidemic. And it is something that will have possibly an effect on your adoption situation, meaning there are a lot of mothers that are placing their babies for adoption that are actively using drugs during their pregnancy. And so because of that, we need to understand what adoptive families really want and what their expectations are coming into the program. We've talked in the past about you're going to have a much more satisfying and a happier experience with your adoption if you understand every aspect of the adoption process and you feel like you are making educated choices. Again, this is why it's important to understand that when you're filling out the preference form, you know, when you close one door, you really need to make sure another one's open. Because, you know, if you are saying, you know, the only race you're open to is let's say Hispanic and the only, you know, and you want zero drug use and you want to close adoption. And, you know, there's, so now we've got a lot of doors closed. And so mm. those families are going to be waiting uh, for a family that is, you know, open to all races, open to, you know, some drug use, open to, they're going to be matched a lot faster right. than a family that wants to hold out. The other thing too, is that you have to understand there are, the expectations have to be reasonable there are never guarantees with pregnancy that even if you're having a biological child, there are no guarantees with pregnancy. And the reason that that's so important to remember is because adoption doesn't have any effect or change in that. So the reason I'm, I'm making that statement and, and why it's so important is because when people who come into the adoption journey with expectations of, you know, 
this is my contract with the adoption agency. This is what I'm expecting from the adoption agency. You know, at the end, I want to have a child. I want the child to look, you know, like this. And this is how I, how quickly I want to be matched. And this is how I want the birth mother to attend her appointments and communicate with us during the pregnancy and this and this and this. Any adoption entity really only has so much control. And so when you are working out preferences and what you as a family are best fit to be matched with in terms of, you know, a birth mother as to her preferences and whether or not she is using uh, drugs, you know, what race she is. It's important to remember that we're talking about a human being. Right. The way you're talking about it, it almost sounds like they're trying to buy a car and get the options that they want. Well, that's what I'm trying to explain that that's not the case. We're talking about, you know, babies. We're talking about human beings, about lives and these lives matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when you are building your family, that's important to remember that. Yes, this is not a biological child that you will have. This is an adopted child. The goal and the expectation is that you will love this child as if it were your biological child. But at the same time, you have to understand that there has to be realistic expectations. Certainly. You know, somebody who is uh, an, an ideal parent and you know has the financial resources and attends doctor's appointments and is highly educated and makes the right food choices and the right medication choices and you know, is self-sustainable and, you know, is very cautious with her pregnancy and, and, and all these things is probably not going to place her baby for adoption. There is a reason underlying that somebody is placing their child for adoption. And I think that we need to understand and respect that. And so when you're filling out or discussing with your social worker, your, your placement preferences, what I think is really important to remember is what is going to be the best fit for you. However, again, remembering that you want to keep as many doors open as you can with your preferences because there is, you know, there are other people wanting to adopt too. And if you're not wanting to wait for an extended period of time, then it's important to be as open as you can be so that you can start to enjoy the new family member that will be joining you. But I think that what we're seeing is families that are wanting to come into programs and, their expectations are, you know, wanting to find a, a child in the adoption world that looks like them, you know, that they can, you know, quasi pass off as theirs. And that's not what this is. You know, this, yes, you, your child may wind up looking like you and your child may not. When I was growing up, people would question my dad had blonde hair and blue eyes and people would often say, oh, you look just like your dad or, you know, but that wasn't planned. That wasn't, uh, they never saw a picture of my birth mother prior. So that wasn't like, that was a match based on appearance. Right. It was just a happy accident. It was a happy accident. But again, it was just, it was one of those things. They also say that the longer you live with somebody, you know, they adopt your mannerisms, mannerisms and facial expressions Mm -hmm. and, you know, you begin to look like them. I think that that's something to take into consideration too. Right. Okay. So when they are filling out these forms, what are some of the recommendations that you would have to saying, you know, let go of that idea. And, you know, if that's a deal breaker, hang on to it. But if that, 
you know, how do you help guide them to opening more doors? I think really investigating what the issue may or may not be. So let's say that their hangup is, is the drug use, that they mm -hmm. want zero drug use, um, you know, nothing from marijuana or even cigarettes or anything all the way up to, let's say, um, fentanyl. You know what I mean? All, right. The whole, the whole gamut. gamut. You know, then I would, you know, ask about the research they've done on each of these drugs. And is there some drugs that they'd be more comfortable with that they feel like they could be prepared for and, and be a good fit? for a baby if there was any issues mm -hmm. and learn about what the fears are and then, you know, recommend they speak to a pediatrician or an OB doctor that has had experience in these types of deliveries. And then a pediatrician who, you know, has seen multiple, multiple cases of where, you know, he's comfortable making an assessment on what the outcomes may be. And so I think that, that really diving in with your agency or adoption entity and talking about, you know, oftentimes people choose and, and their preferences on adoption and they're fear-based. And so let's talk about what's causing the fear mm -hmm. and see if it's something that is just, you know, maybe a conception that's not true or there is something that can be done to remedy, you know, a concern in one area. So really it, it's kind of diving in and taking the time to really kind of like, it's almost like dumping your purse on the table and then sorting through it all and figuring out what you're willing to accept and what no longer needs to be there. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So I think my best advice is really to do research. Again, careful with the Googling because <laughs> you, know, you can take something small and turn it into something big or vice versa. Right. Uh, but gathering from reputable sources that you can interactively have a conversation with and that you can build on your knowledge. And a lot of times I know our agency or other adoption entities will give you resources and referrals to talk to people to, you know, do research on your own so that you are making and coming at this from the best educated position. If you're pregnant and considering adoption, we are here for you and understand what you're going through. We've helped hundreds of women place their babies for adoption, and we want to help you as well. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.